for maybe I think one of the first times ever, Justin, we were recording this on a Saturday. We, t- we tend to do Sunday recordings. Saturday to me is a day to sleep in. Mm. And my question for you is when you are not <laughs> waking up very early for your job on Saturdays. One, do you sleep in? Two, can you sleep in? Three, what is like what is your preferred time to wake up if you can sleep in? Um, so the answer is in like I can easily just blame my dog for this. So yeah. like oh, yeah. my dog, like, can I sleep in? Uh no, I can't because part of part of it's my dog and it's easy to blame him. But like this morning I did a bad. I had to wake up at like my alarm was supposed to set to go off at 4 a.m. in the morning. I know that's early, but it was supposed to go off. Except I set it for 4 p.m. I did one of those. Oh, that's how that's tough. However, your boy woke up at 3.45. Look at you. Perfectly. Just I was up. Dog wasn't even licking my face. He was asleep. He usually gets woken up by my alarm, so he'll like know something's up. Yeah. So like, can I sleep in? I don't think I can like physically anymore. I've been so mm-hmm. conditioned between my alarm and yeah. my dog. But there's like literally mornings like when I get to sleep in the one day a week I get to sleep in is usually Sunday. And there'll be mornings where I will be like on my tummy sleeping, which I know you shouldn't do, but I'm on my tummy. All of a sudden I feel four little paws on my back and he'll literally stand on my back and start licking my ear until I wake up. That's like or, a cat behavior. It's it's horrifying. Like, yeah. It really is. And then sometimes like I might have a pillow like uh, like I'll be on my back and I'll have like a pillow position there and like there's like a little sunlight between like the pillow and the in the sky and he'll put his face like in the middle of that pillow and just start licking my face. D- okay, does he does he bother Claire at all? No. No, like no, it's just in you. Fact, it's frustrating because like if it's like, you know, 7 in the morning and like she'll get up to go to the bathroom or something like that, he just remains there. But if I even like open my eyes it is like full attention on me i literally sure. in the morning it's like a to- like a toddler i'll have to i have to take him in the bathroom with me because <laughs> if i wake up in the morning and i go to the bathroom first he will 100 have a house accident because he's so excited that i'm up that he'll just pee so i have to take him in the bathroom with me while i go to the bathroom otherwise i can't i can't go to the bathroom in the morning That's and then i'll have to take him on his like 20 minute walk because he decides sometimes that he wants to go it's just yeah. it's a whole thing so um i'm assuming dogs ruin your sleep schedule as well as children i'm sure would also ruin your sleep oh, schedule yeah i mean that's just like immediately destroyed right yeah yeah but if i mean i'm to the point now if i could sleep until like 8 30 that's like the perfect time for me yeah because 8 30 i wake up i do my I, I sit up i get some coffee take the dog out then it's nine o'clock then i have some coffee i drink that coffee then once i have that coffee i can sit in the tv play a couple like a hour and a half of video games it's 11 o'clock i'm ready to start my day on a saturday dude you are like for me 9 a.m is it same thing i like at 9 a.m i'm happy to jump out of bed even if i stayed up until like you know one two yeah, in the morning it's, last night it's a perfect time i jump out of bed I have three hours of a morning left, you know, and then yeah. it's the afternoon, you know, days, you know, you, you know, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling good when I, I suddenly pull out a frying pan. I start frying up some eggs for breakfast. Oh, like, you know, when I shit. do that, like uh, that is that is I am I am prime weekend mode when that's eh. happening. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, a, I'm an egg fan. <laughs> We're not going to do two intros. I was going to be like, so what kind of eggs do we like? <laughs> Dead box.
what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 129. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. I was going to give myself a nickname. I was going to give myself, like, Peter Hunt the Egg Spitek. Ooh, okay. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you, man? I f- like... I feel like I haven't seen you for a whole week. I don't. Have we, have we talked even? Really? I think no. we a couple of texts. We were going to see each other on Wednesday, but we had to reschedule that oh, for yes, next Wednesday. Yes. So we'll get there. Um, but like you know, you know where I am at right now in the life of of my job. This yes. is like hell month and a half. Um, so like it is like to the point where there's so many. Like I am like just stoked for the next month to be over so I can start playing all these games that are coming out because yes. I've just been like the only time I've had to do anything like game wise is like before I go to bed I might get 15 to 20 minutes of Pokemon in mm-hmm. because like I can just turn my brain off and like randomly go around to the next thing to like move a little bit forward with that but yeah. I'm getting to the point where um at the end like March March 6th is the day that I will suddenly return to the world of the living I'll be seen again by people I will have I will have weekends after March and yeah. it'll be I'm excited for that. So it's happening. But well, I'm very excited for you to get there because, Justin, I, I don't mean to brag. There's like good video games out right now. <laughs> There's some really good video <laughs> like games out multiple right now. <laughs> yes, games with an S. Uh, we're going to talk about those in a little bit here. Before we do, let's give you a quick preview of the news. Uh, Xbox developers, uh, Xbox's developer direct knocked things out of the park starting in January. Uh, footage of the Horizon multiplayer game has leaked and Naughty Dog's future with The Last of Us is unclear. We're going to talk about all of those stories and more before we do. Quick reminder, join us on Discord. The link to our Discord server is in the description. If you're listening to this and you want to join, all you have to do is click that link. You can also support us on Twitter. Follow us at HitboxPod. Uh, remember to rate the show on your podcast player of choice. And if you're feeling monetarily generous, go ahead and hop on over to patreon.com slash hitbox pod, become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker. Um, every single week, deluxe podcast producers get a new 30 minute bonus episode. Uh, I think this week's episode is number 31. So, I mean, there's an additional Ooh. 15 hours of content. If you do that $3 a month, um, you get all of that. And then, you know, whatever else comes week to week to week. Basically, what I'm trying to say is every single week it gets it becomes a better deal. But that's just me. If not all good, no worries. You can listen to the show for free. Obviously, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, well, however you listen to this is free. Uh, you didn't pay for it. Uh, and if you did uh, see me after class, because <laughs> we have you got to get your money back. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Justin, uh, let's talk about the games that came out. What do you say? Metacritic Roundup sound good? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Two games. Two games in the Metacritic Roundup this week. What do you want to start with, Justin? Dead Space or Forspoken? Let's 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 pick up with Forspoken. I feel I feel like we we ended on a bit of a sour note with that, and I think we should we should give everyone the hope it deserves, right? Yeah, so okay. Forspoken is on PlayStation 5 and PC. On the PS5, it has a 66 on Metacritic and is not scored on PC. It just got two um mixed reviews on PC. Um <laughs> So we talked oh. about this a little bit last week. And uh, that was before like reviews had come out or like anyone had really like seen like full full pieces of the game. And it kind of blew up on Twitter um 
with people like really dogging on it, like th- there were a handful of like cutscenes that were like totally taken out of context that were going around and everyone's being like, oh my gosh, the writing is so cringe. Ah, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> and um, I've, hey, I've played the full game. I did it. Uh, yeah, it's a little cringy sometimes. That's not the problem with the game. <laughs> Yeah. What what do you think of this score uh, before before we talk more about it? Um yeah, 66 seems seems low, but I I feel like with like video games and I I find this is the same thing as a teacher, right? We have this false sense of what good and bad is, I think mm-hmm. because of like teacher scores. Yes. Uh because hey, a D is a 60%, right? And F is a 50%. And then what do you have from 50% to 0? Nothing. It's just all fail, right? Like right, it's all just right. terrible. So when we look at a score like a like a sixty out of like a sixty out of a hundred, that looks horrible. But a three out of five, that doesn't seem as bad to me. Yeah. Um. And I really think part of that is we look at, people look at this score, they see a sixty six, they're like, this game is a piece of shit. When this game is just below average. Yeah. It's not like I think that this score is totally deserved. Like, I played the whole thing. I don't think it's a great game. Um. But like. I can see where people would find enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a game that didn't really resonate with me. Um, The the writing is bad. I'm going to say that. (laughs) But when I say that, I think like, and I think we talked about this last week too. I'm not necessarily talking about like it being cringy really. Like that's not, like I said, that's not really like the problem I have with the writing. The problem is like the scenes don't flow together properly. And like, like this, the like actual like narrative that's being told is a little like, flimsy uh there's a section (laughs) right before the climax of the game uh where like basically everything's being explained to you and i'm not kidding it's it's about an hour long i know that because i had to film it um (laughs) (laughs) it's about an hour long and it uh is just all of these uh like little vignettes that you have to go run to and interact with where they basically just like tell you the story of the game of like mm. of like what happened right and it, like it totally like puts the pacing to a complete halt because like like you spend literally an hour just like watching still images talk to you you know what i mean mm, yeah it's yeah like, that's the writing that's bad you know like like it's not cringy dialogue or anything like that it's, it's written poorly because it doesn't feel like the people who wrote each scene like really read the scene before it does it make sense yeah, it's like good writing does not necessarily mean like the dialogue itself is like pristine and perfect, right? People don't talk pristine and perfect. Like yeah. that that like that that just doesn't happen. Like if like you're expecting every person to speak in deep metaphors, have you had a conversation with a human being in 2023? Exactly. Good writing means that the story itself is written and crafted and structured in a way that is engaging, that surprises you, that uh, subverts your expectations while also satisfying expectations. Like good writing is about the story as a whole rather than just simple dialogue. Now, granted, some of that dialogue is cringy because like sure. they talk like a uh, uh, you know uh, teen in 2023, and I think. We're to a point where we've separated <laughs> ourselves from being teens in 2023. 100%. So we don't talk like that. Right. Yes. So um, I think that is potentially where people are seeing this. But any game you take stuff out of context, some of the dialogue can be ridiculous. Of course. Um, but yeah, I think the, the story seems to be the problem. Yes. Yes. The and, execution and, of that story seems to be the problem. There are, I think, a lot of people like uh, uh, taking a look at those scenes, having not played the game and like taking it all in like bad faith. 
you know, like, like, and just saying like, oh, it's terrible. I watched one scene of it. And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like, I think that the scenes that have been like passed around, like, aren't the worst stuff, you know, like, like we were, we, I'm just not trying to just say like, well, last week we said, but like I said, last week you have like a character who's like a well-known person in the community, like introducing themselves first and last name in front of the whole community, even though they like all know who, like you find out later, like that she's like well-known and whatever, like it's your introduction to her in the plot, but like they didn't know how to introduce that character to you in a natural way. So they just had her introduce herself in front of everyone, all the people that she already knew. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there are better ways to write around that. Like, could I do it right now? Probably not. But no, like, I mean, like, if, I'm not. It's not my job. <laughs> right, right, but like, right. Um, uh, or, or they don't know how to tell you like the backstory of the land, so you just go to a library and you just read about it. Like, <laughs> that's so, what I'm talking about. The bad writing. I'm not saying like the cringiness, like, because whatever. Right, like, I don't right. actually care. Um, but yeah, I, but also like that's not the only issue with it. Like, I think we sort of, we detailed this in one of our bonus episodes last week, um, that like the, the combat is fun enough, but like the enemies aren't like, aren't built. There's not like enough enemy variety to make it like truly like that engaging. Um, the world is just like completely empty and devoid of like literally everything. Cause the only characters that you can talk to exist in the, the one hub world. And then anytime you leave there, like there are no people because, and that's like a part of the story that there's just no people out there. Um, and then like the activities that you actually do out there, um, are all just like really basic and, and whatever. So like, I don't know. I, again, I don't think that this is the sort of game that no one can have fun with, but um, it is a um, game that I will not be revisiting. As someone who has beat the game to completion, I, yeah. I want to do a little bit of this or that. This is not something I plan super ahead of time. So the sample size of things I'm going to mention is pretty, pretty low here. So first sure. of all, our, our base level about understanding your liking of this game is for spoken better than the medium. Yes. Um, now this is going to get interesting to, to me for, for a couple reasons. Did you like Forspoken or High on Life better? Huh. That is a good question. I think I would probably say Forspoken. Mm. Um, just because like when I, when I think about my experience with Forspoken, the thing that I do think that they got right is the combat. The execution around the combat isn't great, but just in general, I think the combat is is pretty good. And it's fun and flashy, and, like, you find the things that you like, and there's enough variety that, like, it all works, right? Um, like I said, the enemies aren't great, but, like, you know, whatever. Like, if you get to do cool, flashy fire moves, like, whatever. Uh, whereas in, in High on Life, um, I think that the only thing that thing could really hang its hat on was it was its writing, which was definitely, like, forespoken, uh, hit or miss at times. But, like, I didn't, like, really enjoy playing high on life that much like i didn't think like it as a shooter was excellent or anything like that so can you shoot from the hip here and tell me what you think the metacritic score for high on life was 75 nope the score was 67 on the no xbox kidding. series x so shocking t I, I find that to be a shocking comparison the fact that Forspoken has a 66 mm -hmm. and High on Life has a 67. Now, the user scores are significantly different. People gave it an eight user score of eight, eight point uh, zero four High on Life, 3.5 for Forspoken. So take that with a grain of salt. All you right, got to understand, game. though, about those user scores. This is a video game that now hold your fucking hat on your head features a black woman. <laughs> so the people on Metacritic are going to lose their shit. I uh -huh. mean, like, <laughs> 
I, like, we'll talk about this later. I'm surprised High in Life didn't get bombed recently, it, to be honest. It features but. a black woman and not a fucking disgraced comedian. <laughs> not a fucking shitbag disgraced comedian. Uh, I'm, I, hey, I, in case it doesn't, in case it's not coming across, obviously, uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, hey, fuck that. But anyway, you were saying. Okay, uh, next uh, question. What game is better? Forspoken mm-hmm. or Sonic Frontiers? Forspoken, hands down. All right. Um, would you like to uh, predict the Metacritic score for Sonic Frontiers? And That's just keep be it seventy-seven. Uh, the answer, and I'm sticking with PlayStation Five, is a seventy-one. Okay. Which again, I find to be interesting, and, and you could say all you want about the, the the Sonic bump, but I'm trying to point out here that the sixty-six for the score. Don't look at the number. It is not. It is not. Sixty six is four away from seventy. Like it's it's not. It's nothing. Play the game right. or play the demo. Right. You know what? Like the fact that it has that that demo on PS five. Like play that. And I think that if you are vibing with that, then you'll like the game. And if you're not, then I would say either wait for it to go on. If you're like still interested, but like weren't sold by that demo, wait for it to go on sale. See if someone's got a physical copy. Like you know. Um. um the final this or that. Yep. Um, the uh, did you prefer Scorn or Forspoken? <laughs> uh, probably Forspoken. I mean, the problem is Justin, you like chose like five games that I found to be like joyless. Well, but, <laughs> not, but not joyless, but this, I, I know mean, what you're saying. Like, because can do you, do you know why I'm choosing these games? I assume that it scored what a sixty-eight, seventy. Yeah, sure. So um, like one hundred percent. So there's definitely we've we've hit it we we scratched a, an itch for you about the the kind of games that fall into your 65 <laughs> 75 Metacritic range, um, but like uh, I think if you are the kind of person and this is just kind of like my uh, this is uh, I guess me uh, uh, exp- over explaining Metacritic scores if you are the kind of person who buys a game based on a sole number. Um, I don't think that's going to do you justice. You're going to look at something no. like Forspoken and maybe not play it when it could be something that you find to be an okay game. Uh, you should listen to people talk about it. You should listen to people compare it to other games like this. And more importantly, like you said, play the fucking demo. It's there. I think it's like, I wish every game had a demo like that. And I do have to say, I think the Forspoken demo does highlight what the game is minus the story. Yes, 100%. Like, so. I, I think that the demo, honestly, like, you know, there's enough people saying like, well, you know, this demo saved me $70 and like, hey, that sucks for people for, you know, people wanting the game to sell. But um, I think personally, I think that is good for consumers making more informed choices about how they're spending their money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I ask. And hey, there's also, I think, a demo for Sonic Frontiers. So if that's more your style, I think go and play that too. Yeah, my demo was buying it for, what, uh, $25? <laughs> like a week after it came out. <laughs> Get on Switch, that was you? my demo. <laughs> yeah, Did I you ever finish Switch. it? Uh, no, I just played it, like, I probably played it for like six hours. I liked yeah. it. It just was like... I think I think if that game were six hours, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I, the I, opening hour and a half or so, I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. And then, yeah, like, and it just oh, keeps this going. is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think I have 30 hours logged into that game. Oh! <laughs> yep. Gosh. Uh, hey! <laughs> Here's a game that I want to log 30 hours into. Dead Space Remake! There are... Uh, let's see. Scores. We got, for PC, this scored an 87 on PS5, an 89, and Xbox Series X, an 88. This is a certified hit in terms of these reviews. Um, Justin... 
how does this grab you? Um, I think this uh, is the definitive way to play this game, it seems like, right? Like, um, the the old games are old thing. We say that kind of like as a joke as we as we leave out of every episode because old games can be old. And I think I, you can explain this more than me, I think, when you're talking about it. But I think one of the things one of the things that really is going to stop me from playing Dead Space is the fact that it, or the old one is that it was an old game that there is a lot of other stuff out there now that's yeah. new, more exciting, whatever. Um, and like that game was a great game and I just haven't played it because time has passed. I have passed it by. Yeah. This game comes out. It's a hit scoring. Well, I might play this. <laughs> Not that I don't want to, but like I have more of a chance of playing this game now. And if I play it, I'm going to be playing a modern version of it. And I got a physical copy. So you just want <gasps> that. Drop it off the chance. All right. Um, I'm coming. I'm coming there right now. Excuse me. So I guess I'll just vamp until Justin gets here. Uh, so I've been playing Dead Space Remake. Uh, wow, I put about, that was that was you live right down the street. <laughs> it was you're also just very fast. You're a fast runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who never gets out of breath? Never, um, not once, not even. I don't even have a red face right now. I've been playing Dead Space Remake. I've played about three hours of it, and Justin, fucking great. <gasps> very good. It is okay. so good. Um. I'm obviously like looking at this through the goggles of I'm a Dead Space fan. And I was curious to see how this would perform in terms of reviews um, for non-Dead Space fans, for non-survival like survival horror fans. Because like, I th- how, did, how did the original game score on Metacritic? Uh, it scored on uh, X, uh, the PC. It scored in 86. Let me just type it in. It was a 2008 game. Uh, it looks oh, like it yeah, only okay. has like a PC PlayStation three. It scored in 88, 360, It scored in 89. So almost identical on, on Xbox. So I, uh, I, I'm not surprised then that, that this receives a similar score because I mean, it is by and large, it's the same game. It has some new things added to it. Um, it is a better game. I would potentially say I haven't finished it. I'm just, you know, like I said, three hours in, um, but I can already sort of see what, like, the improvements that they have made to it and how uh, better, much better it feels as a result. For example, the first game um, is basically like broken up into levels. Like, you know, there's like, I think 12 or 15 chapters or so. And um, how you know that you're in a new chapter in that game is you get on a tram and then you get off the tram and then someone comes in your ear and is like, all right, Isaac, we need you to go do this. And then you do that and then you get done with it. Hop on the tram, go, good job got got that done (laughs) move on right whereas this one um it's all interconnected and yeah it is like still similar like has a similar feel because you're going to like okay we're going to the medical ward or okay we're going to the engine room or whatever and those have distinct feels and whatever um and you can fast travel between those points by hopping on trams um but it's far less segmented and they also they introduce a handful of systems that reward you for going back and and um basically there's like security clearance levels where like when you first start out, you don't have any. And then you like take something off a dead body to get you clearance one and then two and then three. Right. And so like you've been traveling and seeing like these locked doors that, Oh, now I have access to, and you go back and whatever else like that. Um, but it is, um, really good, man. (laughs) It's really good. Um, so from like just the standpoint of like changes, like we talked about voice acting in mm-hmm. the game, like they Isaac has a voice yep. now. Yep, he's ha- talking about as much as he did in Dead Space Two. So it's not like a Nathan Drake where like after everything he's like, oh, that could have been bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or he's not just like crap. 
crap all the time. He's, you know. You, you hear the woo Zayla in the background as you die every time you die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it, like, he's, it's just like, it makes more sense now that when someone says, hey, Isaac, we need you to go do this. He goes like, oh, okay, I'll make sure that I do that then. <laughs> like, okay, okay. You know what I mean? It's not, does it's it, not. Does like, it add any other flavor or anything like that? Like, do you hear him think, react, that kind of stuff? Uh, not really. I mean, it just adds. It, it makes it feel a little bit better just because he's not a silent protagonist. Uh, I will say they changed his face so that he looks more like Gunnar Wright, the voice actor, um, which is wild to me because to me, that character looks how he did in, back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a completely different face on this guy. Um, hmm. Another another very popular video game that they just changed the character model. Reminds me for. exactly of Spider Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's this like uncanny thing where it's like it's like if you came home and like your dad was replaced by like a different guy but like no one thought it was like weird <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like I, I have this dad? irrational fear that every time we uh get my dog a haircut that it's a different dog it's just and I yeah just, they're just swapping I don't out. quite have any way to prove that it's my dog I mean he still loves me the same way so like maybe that's proof enough but like still there's just something the same way in the mornings he's well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe he'll start doing it by like walking on his like two front paws instead of like all four. Oh, he'll sure, be a little sure. different about it, a but more yeah. acrobatic. But yeah, yeah. Um, this is. I think this is a great game. Uh, this is like, it is not reinventing the wheel, and I still think the original Dead Space is still a very good game, especially with the optimizations that are on it on the Series X, like on Game Pass. Like we, you know, we played it for one of our bonus episodes. Um, it, I, I think it's like still, it still holds up. Mm. Um, and if you don't want to shell out, you know, the money for this, I would say you don't have to, like, I would say if you've got access to that first game, like it is a cleaner look, it is a cleaner, more streamlined version of that original game. People are like comparing this to like the resident evil two remake, which I just replayed. Um, and I mean, I think that comparison is like completely baffling, because Resident Evil 2 Remake is like a reimagined version of that. Oh, yeah. PlayStation Absolutely different game. in almost every way possible. This is the same game, essentially, with a shiny coat of paint that has been like, it's it's almost like they just got a second pass at it. They went, okay, well, you know, how can we change this up to make this a little bit, you know, more interesting? Is and, it, and isn't there a new navigation system? Um, you've got like a map because everything's more interconnected. Yeah. Because uh, you can revisit areas that you've been to and everything like that. Um, so, like, you've got a map that you can look at. I never do just because uh, the, the way that you, you like know. know where to go you know. is you click the like one of the sticks and then he like he like drops like a little like ball, like a like light ball that like shows him where to go. And that like shows like a line, um, which is exactly how it was in the, in the original. But you just have a map now. Um, Did they also add like side quests? I heard. Yeah. So, like, it's more like small side objectives. I haven't come across a whole lot of them, but, but like they pertain to smaller things. So for example, um, the, the whole premise for the game is you're looking for your girlfriend, Nicole, and you end up finding some like video recordings of her. And so you get a side quest of like, follow Nicole, like f follow to where she went to find another one of her video logs and to follow her. She like walks through a wall and you go like, Oh, that's kind of weird. How do I get through this wall? Turns out it's like a fake wall that you can, um, open up. And so you yeah. open it up and then you've got another audio recording from her. Like, so like it's so far what I've experienced is small stuff like that. Um, but from what I've seen, at least I'm writing guides for it. So from what I've seen, like as I've uh, uh, been, been working with other people on it, like some of them are a little bit more in depth, but um, they're, they're cool. It, it is a worthy addition, I think. 
And and I also like heard them talking about there's a a new game plus, which I don't know if that's new or not, but there's also alternative endings. There is an alternative ending. I don't know anything about it. I was not in charge of writing the guide for that. I am very excited to see it. I think, I mean, at the very least, that little stuff, uh, it probably like for a first time player just feels right. But probably for you, it just adds that little extra like layer of like, I got to play this because it's it, there's at least my one of my favorite games, the game I love. They're changing it just enough and like adding just a little bit extra. And like what you're saying, too, though, is like there are just enough change. There are just enough changes for me to go like, was this in the original? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. wait a second. Hold on. Because also, like, in the original game, um, we, I think one of the most iconic parts about Isaac's suit is that it's an Iron Man suit. And then he can mm. fly around and do, like, all sorts of cool Iron Man stuff uh, in zero gravity. That was not in the original game. There is one, in the original game, there is one boss that you fight in zero gravity. And it's a really cool fight. Um, but you, it's not, you're not, like, flying around. You're basically, like, jumping from one wall to another wall and, like, aiming yourself and, like, shooting across. Um, it's it's a pretty great sequence. Uh, I haven't gotten to that fight yet, but, like, in, in the remake. But um, with this game, it just has the excellent zero gravity stuff from Dead Space 2 and 3. Um, um when when you say zero gravity, are you talking about Chicago's number one non alcoholic dance environment? The, zero the gravity, teen, the teen club based in uh, Woodridge, Illinois. Yeah, it was right what right in Woodridge, the exact place you want to go to have your number one non alcoholic <laughs> dance environment. <laughs> have your your yeah your teenage nightclub. Yeah. Um. So far, I haven't seen any teenagers in the game. Uh-huh, uh, there's uh-huh. babies that could turn into necromorphs, and then there's like adults that could turn into necromorphs. Mm, okay. Um. So I haven't seen any, but I'm still early. You know what I mean? So. Well, are there are there like like elderly people who are turned into xenomorphs because that is like ex- essentially what, what they happened did to there. zero gravity it is now it is now an a senior assisted home. yeah an old folks home so yes um not from what i've seen but again like i'm, I'm still pretty early and they you okay. know they could have changed things up for with the remake and all that as well um <laughs> that <was> stupid <laughs> <laughs> so if you're uh if you're from very specific part of Illinois. You'll get a kick out of that one. <laughs> um, rest in peace is zero gravity. We miss um, you. <laughs> gone but not forgotten. Uh, hey, it's really good. I, like it's it's really really good. I'm I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, the guns feel like just right. Like I think this game is is obviously going to be compared to the Callisto Protocol. Um, obviously this game had a template to go off of that. They were allowed to just rip 100% entirely off. Callisto protocol didn't have that, but I, I think that the Callisto protocol wanted to like, it tried to use similar ideas as was in dead space one and two and three, but it just, it, it didn't know how, and it didn't know what to do with them. Again, this game has a template to work off of like directly off of, but I think that the way it, is made just feels a lot better and just feels really natural and really excellent and finely crafted. Whereas Callisto protocol doesn't. Well, I don't want to pick at scabs here, but didn't yeah. also technically the Callisto protocol have a template to go off of. Well, like that's, I guess that's the thing. Like, I don't know how, like, I don't know in terms of like, I'm not a lawyer and I don't understand like IP rights and stuff. So I don't know how much they were actually able to like take inspiration from and use, yeah. you know, um, I would assume that you can, like, as long as you're just not like ripping, you know, one to one. Right. Um, but I mean, you had one of the creative directors of dead space direct Callisto protocol. And it just feels like, it feels like 
he was trying to it feels like they were trying to make dead space without like making it seem like they copied the homework but mm-hmm. like didn't know how to make it like but they did it worse and didn't know how to hide it good enough you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will say this in summer of 2022 if you told me that the score for dead space on metacritic would be an 89 and that callisto protocol would be a 70 i i really wouldn't believe like i would i wouldn't be very shocked what would be more shocking, the remake score or the Callisto score? Uh, remake score for me. Mm, cool. Because uh, cool, cool. I, I like just figured it would be like, I don't have a whole lot of faith in EA. And I'm starting to change that tune based on this, based on uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which also Jedi Survivor is coming out like, in a month and a half or something like that. Like that's oh, right around the corner too. That might be a sick day for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, 100%. And that'll be right. I think when you, right when you get right free, when I can, I can do yeah. that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I think that I don't, I'm not trying to like justify it all, but like, I think rightfully so I've not had a whole lot of faith in EA. And now uh, I would, I would definitely say like, I, I could see what they're coming from and what they're doing here. Well, dang, sounds great. I am excited to, uh, uh, play this i just picked it up from you obviously so i can now yes, play it at my house yeah. yes yeah um i also think that this will be interesting to talk to see and compare to the resident evil 4 remake because dead space is uh hey here's a secret dead space is resident evil 4 but in space um with that, a that, control scheme that actually fucking works <laughs> yes yes that's true <laughs> so i mean like i'll be really interested to see like Resident Evil 4 remake and and how it takes its source material and adapts it a little bit and whatever else and and how that's received and everything. But there you go. Metacritic Roundup. Justin, you been playing anything else? No. No? Yeah, I know. I know you're working. I've got another game, but we're going to talk about it in a second here. Uh, let's, uh, Let's talk about news then. What do you think? Let's do it. I think it's safe to say that the biggest news from this week was the um, Xbox developer direct. Did you watch it? Oh, I did. I, I watched did, it as Peter. well. So they uh, were pretty candid about what they were sharing um, at this direct. They said, we're going to check in with four studios. We're going to check in with Mojang for my Minecraft legends. We're going to, or legends, legends. Um, yeah, sure. We're going to check in with um, whoever's making Forza Motorsport. I don't remember what studio that is. <laughs> we're going to check in with Arcane for Redfall, and we're going to check in with um, uh, Zenimax Online for Elder Scrolls Online. And then in their press release, which we talked about last week, they basically said, and you know what? Like, we might talk about other stuff, too. And we, <laughs> I mean, looking back on it foolishly now, said, like, Xbox, you got to be careful when you say that sort of stuff. People expect that you're going to be bringing new stuff to the table. And then they said, oh, hey, real quick, in the middle of this showcase, uh, let's check in with Tango Gameworks, makers of The Evil Within, The Evil Within 2, and um, what was that game? Ghostwire Tokyo. What are they working on? And they basically showed off a trailer for this game called Hi-Fi Rush. That's a rhythm action um, platformer. (laughs) And uh, they showed, it's like this cel-shaded, beautiful, like, cartoony game they're like this is we've been working on this for a long time like we're really proud of it we can't wait for you guys to try it later today it's on game pass go play it 
So I loved, uh, I'm showing some B-roll of this right now. I'm, yeah. uh, I loved how they introduced this. So they start off, they say four games, and they like kind of cross it out, and they're like five games, and then they show a preview of what they're going to do. And they have like ZeniMax Online, Mojang, Arcane Austin, Turn 10 Studios, Tango Gameworks, and they have like pictures of all of them. And where it says Tango Gameworks, it literally says redacted over it. Like that is such a high level tease for something that you're already teasing that yes. it is just brilliant. But like I, as someone who is like really much about like structure and organization and stuff as a communications uh, professor, <laughs> um, I think it really does a good job of like setting expectations. It kind of takes away that one more thing, but it also like doesn't leave you upset at the end when you don't get a one more thing. Well, because it, it says like there is a one more thing. Yeah. And it's like, we'll tell you what it is, but you know, let, let's check in with fucking fours at first <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, and, and they showed off this game and, and it kind of stole the show for me. I mean, yeah. I wasn't like expecting a whole lot. I thought I was going to, you know, I was excited to see uh, Redfall, but that was kind of it. Um, but it sold the show for me. And should we just talk about it? I've played yeah. it. I played about yeah, three hours. Let's, of it. let's start. Let's start with talking about Hi-Fi Rush. All right. Uh oh. Despite having uh, uh, just been out for just a few days at this point uh, and being had, was shadow dropped, you know, like some people were able to play it beforehand, but it did, I don't think anyone had it for review. Uh, it does have a review score on Xbox Series X. Uh, it's unscored on PC, um, but it has an 88 on Xbox Series X. This is, um, by all intents and purposes, a pretty good game and one that I am enjoying immensely. Um, uh, just a side note: This really fucked everyone in Fantasy Critic. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. Um, I would have uh, drafted this like hand over fist. I would have been so excited for this because I totally tried to, and they said it's already been released. And I think it's it leaked, if I'm correct, like earlier in the week, like on Monday. I didn't see anything about they, this. They 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 didn't show it. They mentioned Tango GameWorks. They mentioned a game Hi-Fi Rush. They didn't show it, but they said something about it, and. Um, your boy heard about that and your, your boy was oh. like, Hmm, no I'm kidding. Um, uh, so I first tried to draft it, but it didn't work because the review score was the, not the review score. The game was released before the bid date. So you couldn't draft mm, the game. Sure. Sure. So I tried, man, I tried, but guess what? I didn't got work. fucked. I didn't yeah, work. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear it. You know um, what? That's all right. I'm, I, th I feel like this. I feel like this year I'm going to need every help, a little bit of help I can get in this fantasy draft. And uh, so far, not so good. Well, but nothing you've had has come out yet. Correct. But I also counterpicked Hellblade. You counterpicked Hellblade, and you drafted Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. <laughs> okay, uh, no, <laughs> which has look, been, don't, don't which what? has been counterpicked itself. It has been, but like, don't it could it could come out. It it's could, but I doubt it, because isn't, isn't Final Fantasy season coming out in, like, like, May? Yeah, but those are different teams. True. True. But, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi. <laughs> a delightful experience that feels like it was made for me specifically uh, as a rock music fan and rock musician myself, as a uh, messy brown-haired boy... <laughs> Um, with a robot arm. With, yeah, with a robot arm. Uh, it's great. It basically, um, if you haven't heard of this, uh, watch a trailer. I think watching a trailer really explains it uh, very well. But basically, the, the premise is the main character, Chai, um, gets a an experiment 
he goes to this this uh, company to get this like experiment done on his arm, and uh, they accidentally um, infuse his heart with his iPod. And so everything that he sees and everything that like in the world around him is like dancing to the beat of the song that's in his heart. Um, and so when you are fighting, you are fighting to the beat of the song. And uh, it's not the first game to have done something like this. You think of like Metal Hellsinger, you think of BPM, you think of uh, um, what's that other? There's another one. Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of Rapper the Rapper. No, uh, Cadence of Hyrule and, ne- and Crypt of the Necrodancer. Got it, got it, okay. Um, but what I think sets this game apart is that I believe I feel that it is a true rhythm game. Because first of all, it's not just a metronome. You're not just attacking like on every beat. So it's not just like attack, 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 attack. You are switching between light and heavy attacks. And light attacks um, happen every can be happen every single time on the beat, and then heavy attacks take two beats in order to get off. So you're having to like really like think about it and really time it all out and really feel the rhythm of everything. Uh, and it's really cool because you actually don't need to hit the buttons on the beat for your character to do things. Whereas a lot of other like rhythm games, like the, like action rhythm games, like require you to attack on the beat in order for like things to work. You will attack on the beat regardless, but if you hit the actual button on the beat, you are going to deal, uh, you get more uh, like style points and I think deal a little bit more damage. Um, so it basically rewards you for like paying attention, listening to the music and feeling the groove of everything. Um, and there are so many different ways that the game helps you do that. First of all, you can uh, turn on like a beat counter at the very bottom of the screen. That's like similar to the ones that are seen in like metal Hellsinger and whatever else. Um, but also the entire environment is dancing to the beat. So like your character, he, he, when he's running his feet, like every single time he puts his foot down, it's on the beat. So he's like running to the beat. Um, when he's standing still, he's snapping on twos and fours. The whole world is sort of like dancing and moving. And like, it's like a lot of it takes place in like an industrial plant. And so like the industrial plant is moving to the beat of the songs, like on every every single beat it'll be doing something or on twos it'll be doing something um it it is quite cool and it is very willing to help you out if you are having a hard time or not someone who's particularly musically inclined it so i'm like i'm just watching some footage of this and it's kind of cool because you're watching the combat because this is like a third person action game right yes We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. But like you literally like as the action is going on, you're feeling the beat as he's doing the actions of it. You're like, I'm, and again, I'm not listening to him, just watching it. And I kind of, I'm following like what the, the, the rhythm is, which is kind of cool. And like, even the running thing, like just like, it's so cool. Like it just like really, I'm seeing the beat. Yes. 100%. Uh, and, and like when I'm playing this, I'm like bopping my head, like really, really feeling it. You know what I mean? Just cause like you're timing it all out and, and you're like counting in your head and, and the whole thing. It's great. I'm a really big fan. The needle drop moments too are excellent. Cause there's a handful of licensed songs in there. Um, they come up for like boss fights and stuff. So like there's a nine inch nails song that starts playing. There's that, um, black key song was a lonely boy that starts playing at the very beginning. It's great. It is, it is a lot of fun. Um, is, and, uh, is yeah, enter the that? reaper in there? Oh, uh, uh, don't fear the reaper. No, yeah, don't fear the reaper. It Sorry. should be though. <laughs> like, um, what if another game? Don't fear the it. reaper. We're back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like smitten with this game and, and it's very like cartoony and stylized. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying like, I can't believe that 
that people were, were clowning on Forspoken for its dialogue when there's this game. And I think it's like, if you don't see the difference between this game and Forspoken, like, I, like, I don't know how to help you. Like, this is leaning into that style and it's not being like written to be like, like, it's not like rolling its eyes at itself. It's like embracing that stupid kind of like, like comic booky like style do you know what i'm saying as opposed to like forspoken which is trying to i i've always felt like he's trying really hard to be um like schmarmy and and does that make sense yeah like it's almost it's almost like forspoken is trying to be like relate to teenagers and hi-fi rush is relating to teenagers 100 percent, yes um it, like this game feels like it was written by someone who loves music and like gets the, like gets the character you know what i mean and is like yeah. obviously like very different types of characters one is like a comic book character you know versus like uh frey who's like very like grounded and like comes from new york <laughs> as opposed to this one which is some stupid comic book world um but yeah i i like this game a lot i think i wish it had more combat in it mm. um basically you are either fighting in arenas or exploring the facility uh, and I don't really find the exploring sections to be all that engaging. Uh, and they make up about half of your time with it. The, like the combat is great, but it, it kind of goes by pretty quickly. And then uh, the only times you're ever fighting are when like the doors all lock and you're in an arena. Um, so I kind of wish that it, it was a little bit more free form in that way, but uh, it's still a good game. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I'm on how long to beat right now. It looks like the main story is 10 and a half hours. Completionist is 13 and a half hours. It is. It is pretty straightforward and linear. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually play it, like take my time with it because it's the type of game that like, damn, I'm going to enjoy this. And there's nothing else really like it. So when it's over, it's kind of over. So like, I'm trying to like pace myself with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just like a, a, a short and sweet little, little project that, Got to just be dropped on game on Game from Pass for Tango nothing. Tango Gameworks. I love in the trailer. It's like from the makers of The Evil Within, and it's like parentheses like seriously, like <laughs> <laughs> they get it. Yeah, they get it. Um, yeah, right. But like, it's just such a weird, tiny little experience that gets to just go up on Game Pass. And apparently, it it had been in the, it's been in the works for like four years or something like that. So like, this has been in the works for much longer than than Bethesda has been owned by, uh, or that Tango Gameworks has been owned by um microsoft so I, i'm assuming that at a certain point this would have just been like a either like a 40 dollar or 60 dollar release you know what i mean yeah uh, but the yeah. fact that it just got to just shadow drop on game pass i think was like best case scenario for it because it owned the day you know and i think like people are still like talking about this super highly and and just like so excited that hey you get to play this right now you don't have to wait for it like it is right here I, I'm excited to play. This is on my list of want to, to play and try out. It's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Fuck yes. I got to make use of that $45 I was just charged for. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Uh, there's good stuff on there, too. There's, there's oh, no, no, no. I do. Yeah, yeah. But it, yes. it went when I haven't played a video game in like three weeks. Very fair. Very fair. Um, there you go. High Five Rush. Give it a try. It's on Game Pass. And it's great. I love it. <laughs> I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I I, I can't. I mean, the, um, the scores are fucking great. Like for a shadow drop game to like be scoring that high, like that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I I feel like the general impression I've gotten is that just people are impressed with this game. Yeah, um, I am a fan. Uh, so the other things that we saw, we saw Minecraft Legends. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's Legends. Minecraft yeah. Legends is a game by Mojang. When you play Minecraft with other legends. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not gonna play this. Uh, this like like this is white noise to me. I'm not a Minecraft fan. Um, really, like I, I like it's fine. I just don't play it. You know what I mean? Um, this developer direct I thought was great because it was just like it's the sort of thing that I really like talking with studios and then showing gameplay and like just giving more details on something like this. Uh, and I'm sure that for people who are Minecraft fans this was really cool to see and to sort of see like it'll be a bit of a deeper dive into it. Cause it had like a five minute segment or something like that. Uh, maybe more than that. Um, but for me personally, it was not something that I really thought much about. Did you, as a, as a grouchy 32 year old, there are some things I just don't get Snapchat. I don't get Snapchat. I've tried. I don't get it. Um, Roblox. You're, I know. I don't get that. <laughs> okay. uh, Minecraft. I don't get that one either. Like, but, um, so me not getting Minecraft, I know Minecraft has this huge community. It's one of the most popular games ever. Yep. Um, it has all these servers with mods and stuff in it. And I know people try to create worlds where they can play with their friends in Minecraft. This is that people can play with their friends, competitive, objective based Minecraft. And I think like for those people, like this is going to be something that they're going to love it's going to be a reason to join up with your friends and squat up and do some building and do some like light looks like almost tower mechanics like like tower defense type of mechanics like it. with it yeah um the cool strategies that can be involved but like it's taking minecraft and, and iterating it in a really unique and, and cool way so i think uh there will be people for this is it for me no uh but i love minecraft dungeons like when that sure. came out, like I really got into that that Diablo style Minecraft Dungeons game. Um, so who knows? Uh, maybe this game is going to be a game that uh, really picks up and people start to. This is the next game at Evo, right? <laughs> Minecraft Legends, right here. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> well, you know what's great too. It's going to be on Game Pass. So like, if it comes out and and I'm so like, all right, let's let's give it a whirl. It's going to be on Game Pass. I think we got a release date too for it. Was that May or am I making that up? Um, I, I forget when they, they was, but you know what we should do? We should say right here, right now. Let's April squat up. 18th. Let's get a group together. Let's show everyone that we're Minecraft boys. Um, we'll get we'll get a group of four people. Let's do this. Uh, uh, April 18th. What a good day, April 18th. What a solid day, April 18th. April 18th is the day you, me, and two of our closest friends in the whole wide world are going to become legends. Minecraft legends. I'd do it. I'd do it. I know we're kind of joking and goofing and gaffing here, having a good time. If we got if we got two more people and we were like, we're, we're trying oh, no, Minecraft yeah. legends. I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's, I'm, I'm in for this, right? Let's do uh, it. Let's- April 18th is uh, close to that. You ever see that thing? It's like, um, it's from some movies. like, what's your ideal date? And it's like asking some model for like a, uh, pageant question. It's like, what's, what's your ideal date? And she's like, mm, April 23rd. Oh, that's my be- mom's birthday. That's so <laughs> kind. Really? Everyone that. on April 23rd, remember, go to your phone. Everyone go to your phone right now. Yeah. Go to the up. calendar app. Um, yeah. go to April 23rd. And on that day, I want you to send a nice message to my mother. Her phone number is redacted. Um, but if you want to send uh, the message to me first, my phone number is 911. Make sure I'll send that text when that comes up. Thank you. Uh, all right. Minecraft Legends, that seemed fine. I have nothing I have nothing to say about Forza. They showed it off. It looks <laughs> um, like more Forza. Let me tell you. Anytime like, someone's, like, someone's like, we have dirt, that the dirt <laughs> actually will dirty mm. the car realistically, um, I am like... I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I, also, I mean, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I was sitting there watching it being like, 
it looks like some cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're nailing it. It looks like real ass cars, but I don't. I, I like, do it's nothing. I do, to whenever me. I see one of these games, I do get that idea that I'm like, hey, it'd be really nice to have one of those like driving rigs set up. Like a little station oh, yeah, set up. Like the stick. Yeah, yeah, where you can actually like sit down with like a steering wheel. And then I get into the thing of like you ever watch those like people who like do like truck simulators and they like 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 do just they drive around in trucks like with yep. like wheels and stuff. Like I'm like, this could be my 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 second career. I could be a digital truck driver. So maybe I can be a digital racer in 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 uh Forza. Um but all jokes aside. I think we're getting to the point where these cars look fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, like I know we're sort of like joking on it, but like, I'm just sitting here watching. Like, those look like real cars. Like, you were you were doing that really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, go you. You're not my cup of tea, but you're someone's. That's why you keep making them. <laughs> definitely someone's. Uh, speaking of not my cup of tea, but definitely someone's ESO is hopping back over to Morrowind for some expansion i thought it was interesting though that i think from right now until when the expansion comes out like all of eso is for is free like all the expansions and stuff which is i think a really cool way for a an mmo to just like get people in to say if you want to try it it's free like come play come play any aspect of tamriel you want but have you ever gotten into an mmo (sighs) no i played a little bit of maple story do you know what that is Mm -mm. like you said that i thought it was like a sequel to um uh what's that uh the story yeah uh maple story someone i just said that and someone was like whoa blast from the past um this is a game that launched in 2010 (laughs) so this is good year it's like an anime ass like mmo (laughs) uh where he plays like like little chibi characters and and Mm. whatever yeah Um, but but not really no i I really got into everquest 2 oh yeah i remember I was in EverQuest 1 for a little bit. That was fun. Um, I met up with one of my friends, uh, like a real-life friend. I met up with them in the game. We did a couple jumps, and then my computer crashed, and I never went back. That'll do it. Yeah. But I, to be honest, um, I always thought this would be the MMO that would like catch me a little bit mm. because it just seems like it's a game that's constantly being updated. They constantly have material. You're playing um, like – skyrim-esque gameplay when you're doing this yeah. uh and i think one of the coolest things about the elder scroll series is just exploring the world nothing is gonna like take away from me the moments when um i played morrowind on my computer and was just like in that world and like that was one of the first times i remember just being literally engrossed in a world and like i'm like all right i'm gonna steal the, the, this suit of armor right here let me do that i'm gonna steal that right here one day we should do for a bonus episode um, I should uh, we should download Morrowind and I should show you how I used to play the game when I was younger. <laughs> I would love that, <laughs> including the cheat codes, because um, you could like do cheat codes to like make your jump like a thousand. And you just jump off the map. So um, it was uh, regardless. I think that this game, if I were in MMOs, would be great. Unfortunately, with my life and my time to play video games, I don't know if I have the time to invest in an MMO like this. Um, from what I like from what I'm familiar with in terms of this game, like it sounds like people really like it. I like my sister is a big fan. Um, but like I tried it when it came out cause we got like a physical copy of it and I was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Oh yeah. I mean, I just like, like, cause I was expecting it to be Skyrim. I wasn't expecting it to be an MMO. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was expecting it to be like Skyrim, but infinite. Like, as big collect as, you know, all of it. Collect four elder all, but... flowers, and then you yeah, collect no four no elder things. flowers, and you come back like, that's great, but wouldn't it be great if I had 12 elder flowers? And you're like, Go kill 1,500 rats. Okay. Yeah, well. I mean... Yeah. I do I do that at my job. So I don't I don't need to do that in MMO. One time I accidentally killed a mouse. It was terrible. And then finally we had Redfall. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking it was fucked up, man. It was it was fucked up. I, I didn't Let's want to do you want to relive yeah, I don't want to necessarily relive your trauma if you want, but we can go into that. So, uh, Redfall, this is uh, from Arcane Austin, I think. Um, I don't know, but like uh, this one, it looks like fine. It looks like a game that I will play and enjoy. Um, but it, it is not maybe this preview of it, this look at it, didn't necessarily like instill a whole lot of confidence in me that it's going to be the type of game that I'm going to really remember. Oh, okay. Do you feel differently? Yeah. It, to me, it, just, it looks like a pretty, a pretty standard shooter. Um, and they, they kind of said like, and you know, like all, like they basically in the voiceover said like all of Arcane's games, um, you can play your way. And then they just showed someone, uh, going up to <laughs> going up to like three guys and just stealthily shooting them, which took about the same amount of time. I imagine if they had just shot them without being stealthy, you know what I mean? Um, not saying that it looks bad, not saying any of that. It still looks good. I like the aesthetic and everything, but it didn't necessarily sell me that this is going to be like the most unique game that I'm going to remember forever. But what was working about it for you? So I guess when I was picturing this game, I was imagining it to be much like a Left 4 Dead. Um, oh, type of sure, game. sure. And to see it like be much more about an open world, open objective type of game. Yeah. I think that was more interesting to me. And I know they've said it before that you could play it single player. But like when they were doing it this time, I literally thought you could play it single player and like maybe that's not the best way to play it but like i think they you could you know like and it would be fun yeah. to still play yeah um that you don't necessarily have to play with people because again i'm one of those people that it's not like they don't like playing with people it's just like to have a consistent schedule for me to have time to get a group together mm-hmm. if i didn't like it would just be something that would fall to the, the to the wayside of that but if it's one of those things where if i play it on my own I can upgrade my characters and then play with you and other people and then like keep my progression and keep playing stuff. Maybe this could be a fun little game. Like um, I like, I mean, I got so into destiny one and definitely way more into destiny two when they first launched. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the most part, I did those games solo with just random drop-ins and this game reminded me, I just got a lot of destiny vibes watching them play uh, like watching them play it in in the footage and stuff. Um, maybe not like the the level of like you know crazy unique guns and everything uh but like you add that with like the horror um like the the scene when he like the character creeps into the house and it's like dark and you're like looking around and checking corners and they have all these like environmental things written and then you're in that room and then you turn around that thing like lunges at you and you have to shoot it real quick like to me like like that if they do that kind of stuff, whether it is like predetermined or just kind of random encounters that could like add tension as you're playing this game. So the vibe really kind of got me. The fact that I look like I could play the single player kind of got me. And this is like one of the first times I actually sat down and watched the gameplay and saw what the gameplay was like. And I was like, Oh, okay. I could see myself playing this. Um, to where, as before I saw this, I was like, I don't need to play this. 
Sure. Well, that's that's really good um, because we talked about that last week, right? About like that this is yeah. sort of the make or break time for it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and I want to just reiterate, like, I'm excited for this game. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to playing it. Um, it's just that it also like they didn't really show a lot of, and maybe it's because they showed this off at their their last <laughs> showcase with it. Um, but they didn't really show off like a whole lot of like the unique powers and stuff that the characters had. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is like. The, the vibe that I got from this is that it is going to be it's just a pretty average shooter in terms of its mechanics, as opposed to really leaning into those character um, yeah. abilities and stuff like that. And they didn't meant they showed off those character, the, the skill trees and everything like that, obviously. Um, but they didn't really show a lot of them like in practice. You know, I, I don't think other than I think they had that robotic dog show up. But well, I think to kind of like um, like uh, go with your point a little bit. I thought the worlds themselves look pretty empty. Yeah. It's just like bad guys, um, like just like fine, bad guys, but... kind of like a lot of space, like that kind of stuff. It looked like the story levels that when they were showing like story missions, the main story missions, though looked those looked a little bit more curated. But even then, I don't know. Um, and then the weapons themselves are just kind of like, eh, yeah, you just got some guns, mm-hmm. like that. That like, right, it was the, just like a shotgun, oh, right? Okay. Like so, through the course of <laughs> of a campaign, I'm not sure if that's going to be something that I am going to like fall in love with in the same way. Yeah, um, but. Ultimately, Game Pass. I pay for it. I have it. I will try this. Yeah, me too. And and that's like the whole th- thing about these sorts of games. It's like, well, I'm going to try them because it's going to be on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think before this, I don't think I would have tried it, to be honest. Like, oh, I don't sure, think okay. I would have like tried it day one. But now it's like one of those things. I'm looking forward to this. I love I love this studio. Um, Arcane. I don't know. Arcane Austin specifically did what? Prey. They did. Pr- oh, fucking, Dishonored. fuck this. I'm in this, man. <laughs> yeah, Love that fucking right. game. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, uh, some leakers saying that that Redfall and Starfield are in rough shape um, and that Microsoft is trying to like rush them out to get to, to appease shareholders. Um, we, we've, we've talked about this before that like I think that like whenever you talk about like a game that's in development saying like, oh, it's in really rough shape. It's like, yeah, because it's a video game that's in development. Like that's not like they're all for the most part it's my understanding like they're all a complete disaster until a month before they release and then it all comes together um and and like this person i, I don't know what, what do you think about any of that i would i would honestly think that like the the adage about uh you know a delayed game or the what's that what's that line the miyamoto line delayed game is I don't know. We, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. We all know. We all have heard it. We've all read games it. are good. Is yeah. what the um, idea is. I do think, though, for the, the purpose of Microsoft, I think there is a lot of negative um, thought about how a lot of these games are still not being released. What, like 2022, what were some of the like promised games that came out for Microsoft, first party games that came out? They had a bad year. And I will say they do admit that Phil Spencer was talking about that. He said like he let they, they take responsibility for letting down fans and, and whatever. Uh, they had Pentiment. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, again, right. that got good reviews and everything. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. But I'm not, not trying the big to say blockbuster they, that, game. Like yeah. games weren't coming out. But like, I, I think to a certain point, the real hardcore gamers might, if they keep delaying these games and we still don't have like like co- like triple a value with game pass it might start to have the goodwill of game pass kind of start to go away slowly um and i think that could be a potential thing in the back of their minds like if i'm gonna be honest if starfield gets delayed again 
And if it gets delayed out of 2024, that'll be a big. Uh, I'm going to be one. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, tw- if it gets delayed to 2024, I'm going to be worried about that game. Yeah, like significantly worried about that game. I mean, at a certain point, with how like they talked about it, how they keep that when it was supposed to first come out, how they keep pushing it back, how we still haven't seen enough of it for me to be confident with what the game is going to be moment to moment. Yeah. Um, I'm worried. I would be worried. Redfall, maybe not so much, but I could see them be motivated to like, just get it out. Like, Oh, it works. It's fun. It's fine. Is it perfect? No. Is it buggy? Probably a little bit. Um, so I think that is something to consider. Um, and there was a reason why in our fantasy draft, Starfield was not a top yeah. pick for I anyone. It's, it's a very fair point. Because either it's going to get delayed or it's going to come out and be fine. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong and it comes out and it's awesome. I fucking hope that. I want that game to be good. But yeah. um, I do worry about that. So this this is one leaker doesn't necessarily make me change my opinion of these games. But it does make me think that maybe there's some issues with them. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, I, I will say this, though, about Microsoft having to like push out games before they're ready uh, they don't need to do that, I don't think. Um, you know, you can talk about shareholders and whatever, and like, yes, you are, you know, you're correct that like, um, Starfall, uh, Starfield is the big Xbox game we're waiting for. I don't think Redfall is. I don't. Prey is not. I don't think was like a, a huge financial success. It was a critical success, but it wasn't like a huge financial success. I don't think. I, I, I to my understanding, same with Dishonored, right? Like, people like those games, but I don't think that it, it's not on the Starfield level. Because it's not coming from the people who made Fallout and Skyrim, right? One of the, most, the best-selling games of all time, right? Skyrim. Um, but they've also got, like, from this d- developer showcase that we saw, they've got the Minecraft game coming out. They've got Forza, which is going to be huge uh, with car people. They've got, uh, obviously, they just had Hi-Fi Rush helping justify that Game Pass value. You didn't even know you were getting that this month, and we got it, right? Like, what a great what a great addition to that service, Um and then what am I thinking? Uh, the ESO is still is still like alive and kicking. Like they're still like working with the multiplayer stuff. I don't necessarily think they need to push games because they also they have the money not to, right? Like there's enough coming out with, with for, for them that I, I think that they don't necessarily have to worry about it all that much. Um, because also they reportedly uh, had a record number of active users in December uh, in the fourth quarter of last year. Um, they had 120 million active Xbox users. By December 2022, which is, I mean, just huge, right? Like, that's a record number for for them. I think that what they're doing is working, and I think that even though that it is clear that the Xbox One um, is slowly starting to be phased out, in the same way that like the PS4 is slowly starting to be phased out, I think that what they are doing with their interconnection and the fact that Xboxes, you can go into a store and buy them, and you've been able to do that for a while. I think that they're like in a really solid place to just keep doing what they're doing. What do you think about that? Um, I would, I, I wish like the market was something that wasn't reactionary, but I do think yeah. it is. And I think people can get reactionary for it. But I think at a certain point, this is bigger than just the consumers. This is looking at Microsoft being like, we bought Bethesda for how many billion? Seven. Seven billion dollars. What has that got them at this point? So far. JB or no, uh, Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> okay. Uh, whatever ESO is doing. Uh-huh. So huge stuff there. 
<laughs> right. But like, I mean, like yeah. to me that 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 starts to be like death loop. Should should uh, great game. Tokyo but Ghostwire. De- death loop is a diff- death loop is one of those like interesting cases because there was already marketing deals done with it before yeah they bought it um it it starts to make you wonder what the higher-ups at microsoft think about the games division like is this really something that is making them money or are they coming in and if they buy you know activision blizzard and they're spending billions of dollars not only buying it but fixing all the corporate issues that that company has right is this something that they're going to keep pursuing and keep and keep going with has that 7.5 billion dollar investment paid off for them same thing with uh well not same thing but like when disney bought um star wars Mm -hmm. um that wasn't for 7.5 billion i think that was like significantly less it was like three billion i think it was first of all ridiculous but they basically made that money back when force awakens came out oh yeah and like since then they have made that investment just be so worth it for them i think i think it, it might not just be the consumers that are concerned about these games not coming out. It might really start to rethink what they're doing with their overall marketing plan. And these little baby steps that are slowly happening with Microsoft getting bigger, being so consumer friendly at a certain point, like I don't care who you are, $7 billion, you're going to feel $7 billion. You're going to feel $69 billion when you make yeah, these, I, these, these, these purchases. Um, so, and, and I found, like, if I, if I know one thing, when people start to rush stuff out, it's not because the, the developers want to. It's because the higher-ups make it's them publishers. do it. publishers. The yeah. publishers. The Microsoft makes them do that to, sh- right. to show something. But um, I hope it's wrong. I hope it's great. I want these games to be good. Like, we've always said this. I've never hoped for a game to be bad unless someone drafted it or counterpicked it for me. Um, like Or I've counterpicked it. Other than that, I want every game to be good. But um, I... I I do think that there is at least some question marks still about Starfield, about Redfall, about Bethesda at this point. Agreed. Agreed. And and I think that um, I will say that that 2023 looks just on paper. If everything comes out that they are saying is going to come out w- like way better for Xbox than 2022 was. I think that 2022 was a pretty big miss for them. And I think that, like I said, that uh, Phil Spencer recently was on IGN and it did an interview with IGN and was like talking about that and saying like, yeah, we underdelivered, And you know, that's something we're hoping to rectify in 2023. So, um, and like, you and, and like, they don't have to do that much. They just, what, what this direct showed if, if that game, if those five games come out and you add Starfield to it, you've, you've won. Yeah, that, that is a incredible year. Yeah. Right. And, and it's all on game pass too. Like that's an incredible year for game pass. One game every quarter and two in the first, if you're getting high, high rush, like that, that's nothing to be, nothing to be um, turning your, your nose up at. Here's an update for something we talked about last week. Um, we, we, we discussed Justin Roiland very briefly, uh, where he has been charged with two accounts of felony domestic violence in California. Uh, and pretty much every, uh, company that works with him has, has, um, severed their ties with him. You know, obviously we talk about games here. Uh, Squanch games said that he resigned on January 16th and that the, the studio is still going to remain open. And they said this on January 16th, 2023 Squanch games received Justin Roiland's resignation. The passionate team at Squanch games will keep developing games. We know our fans will love while continuing to support and improve high on life. Um, so that's, you know, still going on. Uh, 
Adult Swim said that they've ended their association with him, um, but that Rick and Morty is going to keep going. Solar Opposites, Hulu also made a statement saying we're not working with Justin Roiland anymore, um, but Solar Opposites is going to keep going. Um, so there you go. I, I don't have much to say about this other than uh, fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think it makes like it makes it, I think, a little challenging to enjoy really any of his works uh, because I, I find that he is so like his his voices are just so central to the all of those things you know what i mean that like it's, oh, it just makes me feel kind of gross but that's just me personally but what do you think it, it, it'll be great to see how the companies move forward from this mm-hmm. um and like if you're right rick and morty is justin roiland um squanch games has been marketed as justin roiland um yeah. and like his games the games of Squanch studios have been focused on Justin Roiland's voices and characters and stuff like that. Um, so where they go from this, I think is going to be big. Um, what is Rick and Morty going to look like after the fact? Mm. Um, are they going to have a voice actor come in to be different? Are they going to make jokes of it? Um, are like to like about like why their voices have changed or whatever it is. Like, how are they going to go about that? And these are all questions that as a manager, as a, a director, as a producer, I would not want to have to answer. Um, but I think ultimately severing ties is great. Yeah. That's the way to go, um, right? So, and to make statements about it and to publicly say, here's what we're doing about this. Because people yep. care. I care. You know, like everyone cares about this. Like, this is huge. Yep. So, um, and as someone who really liked High on Life, um, I, I really enjoyed that gameplay a lot. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the, some of my least favorite stuff of it was, was him. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I thought it had some uh, good gags in it, like for sure. Right, right. Humor. But, like, did he write all that? I don't know. But even even with that, like it, it seems like since all this has come to light, um, there have been some major questions about like who was actually doing a whole lot of writing mm-hmm. on these things. Uh, someone was talking about with Rick and Morty, like some people were saying like, well, how's it going to continue if he's so central to it? And people are saying like, yeah, he's actually not like he's not even really allowed in the writer's rooms because of um, his abhorrent behavior towards the people there. Um, so, you know, how's it going to continue? Like, obviously, the questions of like, I mean, I mean, his he like his face is the like you're saying the selling point for a lot of these things. Um, but from what it sounds like, he just did a lot of voices and improv, and, and, and like the actual heart and core of these things uh, are, are going to be seemingly um, primarily unchanged. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> um, ten minutes over. Ten minutes. Sorry of the like early footage of the horizon multiplayer game have leaked online. Uh, we talked about this earlier, uh, a few, a few months ago, uh, we've seen some concept art for it. And then just a little bit of footage of just some people running around and, and exploring an environment. Um, we're sort of seeing what this art style is, uh, in the, um, that job description that we, we found for, um, this project. Um, they were talking about how like the art, is going to be a little bit different than horizon. Uh, obviously this footage, the footage of the actual game, uh, I, I think there's no reason to talk about what it looks like in terms of like its visuals because it's literally unfinished. Um, but when you look at the concept art, it, it's going for like a more cartoony, um, style, something that has like silhouettes, I think that are a lot more easy to identify. So maybe there's like character classes and stuff, which sort of seems like what is the case from this, um, uh, footage that we're seeing that these like characters with like, large silhouettes or like easy identifiable. Um, like that's the way to go when you're making like a, a hero driven multiplayer game. But, uh, did you watch any of this? What do you think? 
I mean, it looks like early footage, so like it, like where it's developed from there, like who's to say? But like yeah. it, it looks like. I mean, even they they have all these scenes of their characters running around bases and getting attacked by creatures. If it is like one of those kind of like uh, I don't know, like Monster Hunter esque hunting games, maybe that could be fun. Um, yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting though with how pretty Horizon is. I think if one thing, I mean, hopefully you can agree. That oh, Horizon yeah, it is, Forbidden it's a West is a game. gorgeous game, right? So, like, if they're going like for a different art style, um, I'm sure, like, uh, like I, I hope it, it it's for a good reason. Um, yeah. Probably to run better and be easier to run, obviously. But like, it looks interesting. I think it looks fun. I think um, I I've been a, I'm a fan of the Horizon Combat. I know that uh, there is a lot of customization to it that I probably don't necessarily uh, know. I just power through things. But if you have a monster hunter ask hunting game, when you're hunting these big robots with a group of your friends, maybe that is the way to go. Maybe that's a cool way of doing it. Um, have you monster hunter and you, where have you been with that? I've never really touched it. It was always a little too inscrutable for me. Right. And uh, I think uh, I agree with you. And I think like Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter World, both of those games, the things that I think about them that that make them great is they are a more approachable Monster Hunter. So if they can create that kind of vibe with this, I think that's going to be cool and maybe a potential little fun little thing. And it does seem like it's just using the Horizon name with a very different art style. So um, hopefully it can get you in there. I'll play it. I'll try it. Like, like I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's just say um, I haven't seen. I haven't seen an Aloy character yet. So, well, uh, thank goodness for that. Um, <laughs> I, I'll try it, man. I will try it. And the same thing. Like when the third game comes out of, of Horizon, whatever they're gonna call it. Because I mean, you know, they set up for a trilogy. Like I will play that one too because, I mean. It is kind of my job, but uh, like if it wasn't, I would play it because I want to talk about it and I want to like be able to like explain like how I feel about it and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I'll play the multiplayer. I'll try it because if they're going for something completely new, then hey, I might like that, you know, um, but who knows? Just one more time for our folks at home. Uh, yep. What game is better, the medium or Horizon Forbidden West? <laughs> what game is better or do I would do I would I want to play? Uh, I mean, you can interpret that question, but like this or that, Horizon Forbidden West or the medium? <laughs> I <laughs> I straight up almost just hung up on this fucking call. I didn't feel that. I, I didn't feel that. Uh, like I'm like in a corner right now. Um, I mean, like it's like if you cut a mouse in half. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't know why I went back to this. But it's yeah. like if you cut a mouse in half and you told me, asked me which side to choose, I'm still holding half of a dead mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Is it anything like the story of you and the mouse? No. Okay. I good. did something. Just, I, it was also fucked up. Oh, Justin, it was fun. Well, let's move on. Um, Naughty Dog. <laughs> Naughty Dog. Um, Neil Druckmann in an interview with BuzzFeed, I think. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, he's been sort of in the interview circuit as of late. Obviously, like he tends to always be because he's the director of, I think, one of Sony's premier studios. Um, but he, uh, because of HBO, the HBO show, which we'll talk about in a minute here, um, he went on and said that um, people have been wondering about like if Last of Us Three is happening or not. And he basically said, if we're gonna make it, like if we feel like we can, we'll we'll want to make it. But if not, we'll be, you know, we're happy to move on from it in the same way that we moved on from 
Uncharted. And so that got a lot of people sort of like alarm bells for two reasons. Uh, obviously, the first is like, oh, is Last of Us over and done? And then the other alarm bell was like, hold on, Uncharted is done? <laughs> um, which I will be honest, I think that's, it felt like it was done. You know, they did uh, Uncharted 4, which has a pretty definitive ending uh, without wishing to spoil a six-year-old game. And then there was Lost Legacy, which I didn't play, um, but to my understanding is still pretty good. Um, but what do you think about that? Um, it feels like to me they have finished Uncharted. Uncharted there will be another Uncharted game. It won't be a Naughty Dog game. I feel like it's it would almost be silly not to have another Uncharted game. People were saying Ben Studios might be working on Uncharted something. Cool. I think I think that could be awesome. And sure. And, and I feel like there's always a room for that kind of game. Um, and maybe there's even room for evolution of that kind of game. So it's not like a, the mass murdering Nathan Drake doing like climbing puzzles in which he constantly <laughs> says like my fingers are tired like the whole Agreed. time. Um, but I think The Last of Us, that's not done. There's a part three in that. Um, and I, I think the way they leave that, they leave hope. Uh, they leave that like what is next. And I, and I, and I think there is more to this story that, and I, I, we might disagree on this, but I think there is more to that story. And if they have the right story, they'll tell it, but it's not like there's going to be a, a last of us game developed by a different Sony studio. Um, I think at this point, it's like, does does Naughty Dog have more to say about this story? And I think they could. And I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with it. And I will say that what I can truly 100% appreciate about um, this statement from, from Neil Druckmann is that, like, they're willing to walk away if they feel like they're good. And, if, and, and from by saying, like, you know, if we feel like we, there's a story that we can tell, like, we'll, you know, we'll tell it. Um, to me, that is the sign of a of a good artist. Obviously, video games aren't developed by one person, but I think a good artist knows if they are making something that is better than what they've done before. I, I write a lot of music, right? I only record song. I only sit down and record and like work on like like truly spend a lot of time working on music if I truly believe that it is better than the last thing I released. Because if not, then what am I doing? You know, like, like, like I'm obviously like you, not everything you make is going to be your absolute best. Uh, and that's how you grow and get better. But like, if you are not, if you're sitting down and putting pen to paper and it's not going to be your best work, why do it? And I really appreciate that. Like if they're saying we don't have it, quit while you're ahead, end it there. Cause I think it could be done there. Right? Like I think like, like last of us one, if they didn't, if they didn't touch it again, that would have been a perfect story with a wonderful kind of not cliffhanger ending, but like one of those, like, uh, it's, it's an ending that you could talk about for years. And I think Last of Us Part 2 has a similar sort of thing. You can talk about where it goes for years, and, and there's more stories that could be told. But I think if they didn't touch it ever again, I still think it's a satisfying ending. Would you agree? No. We're, we no? ended with The Empire Strikes Back. We need Return of the Jedi. And I think you mm. could easily make the argument that Return of the Jedi is no Empire Strikes Back. But True. You, need, you need I need that resolution Sure. That we didn't get because I think like uh, like obviously look without spoilers this was the 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 video game that started this podcast <laughs> yes I think the way that game ends it does not it's not final it's not happy it's not a victory no it is Ellie in in a place where um she doesn't know what's next 
it's a place where she is at her worst and lowest and the heartbreaking moment of her picking up the guitar. And if you know this moment, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I feel like that there's no way to look at that game as a positive ending for anyone. Um, and I think coming back to finding out how, well, not anyone for Ellie. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And to be honest, Ellie is the heart of that game uh, it, at this point with being part one and part two. So we need that part three to resolve that story. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I I don't disagree, right? That there are like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think there are places that they can go, but I think if they never, I think if they said it's part one, part two, that's it. I think that there is enough there that like, I, I, I'm okay. I would be okay with it is what I'm trying to say. It's like said, I imagine that they're going to try very hard to make a last of us part three. Like I would be, I would be very surprised if that was it personally. Well, I think you could have ended the last of us at part one. Like Agreed. easily, like that's a yeah. beautiful ending with with unresolved stuff. And I think the second game was so brilliant for so many ways. How it like like really just subverted. Like speaking of good writing, like let's talk about that shit. Yes. How that game was good yes. writing because yes. it yes. did everything and nothing that you were expecting. Yes. And um, I think when when you're when you're looking for inspiration to write that next big thing, you know how you do that? You go back to where it started. And what has Neil Druckmann been doing for the past year plus of his life? Making the show. Making the show. Going back to the beginning. Fixing problems that he had with the story. Changing things. Playing around with it. Falling back in love with this. Because there's no way that this success isn't going to activate that love for this series and these characters the way that um, I, you know, I think that someone who needs to be inspired by something would. So I think that after this and working on this, they're only going to be thinking about how to make that third part. I think that's super fair. And I'm fair. so excited. <laughs> Let's, um, hey, we're doing a new segment. <laughs> I don't have music for it because we decided to do this like a minute before we started recording. No. Wait, no, that's uh, not the right sound. What's just, the sound? Uh, oh, that was really good, actually. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, uh, Last of Us HBO show. We're going to talk about this uh, every week while it, yeah, while it drops. Just, um, because there's a lot to talk about and and the first two episodes are out right now by the time you're hearing this the third one will be out um damn it's a fucking great show so we're gonna be ending every episode with with, by talking about this um oh also real quick if you've been playing anything else you mentioned pokemon a little bit i love this pokemon game so much oh i'm happy for you yes it's great um I think the one thing I wish it did was I just wish it told me what numbers to go to next instead of me guessing what it is. Um, Because when you are going to a gym that you are significantly underleveled for, it is just super exciting. Um, But when you go to a gym that you're significantly overleveled for, it is the exact opposite. You're just like, oh, cool. Yeah. So it is like you're you're just rolling through it. And I thought I was going in the right order, but then I basically did the last – area they suggested you do mm. first and not oh, first but like go. in a process so i did that one it was super exciting the battle was intense and then i go to the last three things i had to do and it was just like oh <laughs> um but there's so much good stuff for it i think uh that game was a coat of paint away from being perfect not perfect that's the wrong word from being a great pokemon game that people wouldn't even hesitate to talk about being a great po- pokemon game um but yeah it needed to cook a little bit more sure 
I think that's fair. Like, if you like Pokemon, if you like hunting for Pokemon, if you like shiny hunting, if you like leveling up your Pokemon and getting a competitive team ready, this game is streamlined so much of that process to make it fun. Um, Highly recommend it uh, for that 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 kind of stuff. Um, And uh, the story, I haven't beat it yet. I am right to the point where I'm about to beat it. Yeah. Uh, well, the middle part, I'm finally going to that middle part. If you've played the game, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Um, but they build things up in a really good way, really cool way. Um, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. So I'm glad to hear that you're liking it so much because I know you're sort of in between. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad that, that it, it I'm looking out. for the good, Peter. I'm sure I'm, you know, new year, new me looking for the good. That's fair. I'm playing Persona 5, uh, Persona 4 Golden still. Uh, that's a hey, that's a pretty good game. Still it's an old game. Still old and under what Persona Five Royal is. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think it, that people who played Persona Four first and then played Persona Five, like I can see why they might. Like I know that like a lot of people say like they really prefer Persona Four to Persona Five. Um, it, to me, it sort of seems like whatever you played first is what's going to really, really stick with you. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying that's not good. Like obviously it is, but it is. Um, it, there, are, like some of the old game cracks are showing a little bit. Like, uh, hey, you need to grind. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like you show up to, to the to the second uh, like dungeon area and um, like the like the trash mob enemies are just wiping the floor with you. And it's like, oh, gosh, this is <laughs> not great. Oh, I forgot the games used to be like this. Does but. it do anything better than Persona 5 in your opinion? Um, I wouldn't say like better, but like on the same level with like, I think the story is really good. I think I like I really like the characters. Um, I, I like the like different I, I am a big fan of the stories that are going on. Not only like the big overarching thing. Um, I'm a fan of the individual stories with all of like your teammates. And then also like I joined the drama club and that's kind of fun. <laughs> you know, like I'm on the yeah. soccer team and, and like, I like hanging out with my soccer friends. Um, and and that stuff. Is I think this is game kind of Peter or real Peter. Oh, they, they give you two options, soccer or basketball. And those are my two least favorite sports. Like literally, I would have taken literally anything else. J- baseball is huge in Japan. Let me play baseball. I would have loved that. <laughs> would have loved that. Um, so I went with the one that I was like, well, I guess I hate soccer less than I hate basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I am I am enjoying it immensely, but uh, I, I'm I'm still trekking through that. I'm about ten hours in. Um, I, I that's gonna be one that I think I'm just gonna like keep with throughout the year. Um, and and I honestly can't imagine that it's going to take me like that long to beat. Cause I am hooked. Like I'm loving it. Like it, it is, Great. it is still really, really, really good. Um, so yeah, there you go. Let's talk about last of us. <laughs> um, Justin episode two infected is it's called. What do you think? I love everything they're adding to this story. Me too. Dude. Um, me they too. found a perfect way to make the, Audio, the the text the the collectibles into part of the story yeah and uh, I really think making this a series allows them to start each episode or each chapter I guess whatever they call it with a context moment that just sets up this world so much better than what you get in the game like if you really look into the game and dig through the game you get this stuff but like as someone who's just consuming this and like seeing the the open the the opening of episode two and seeing that happen in like 
thinking about what this would be like if this happened and how these characters react if this happened. I think it's fantastic. It is awesome. I love it. There's so much good stuff about this. I look forward to it every single week, um, and I really can't wait for um, uh, the tomorrow's episode, Sunday's episode, so the one you've hopefully seen by the time you're listening to this episode. Agreed. Uh, it's interesting, too. So I've, I've watched uh, both episodes twice now because I'm watching it with um, I'm watching it on Sunday nights. And then I'm also uh, rewatching the episodes with my girlfriend on Tuesdays. Um, and so it's interesting, too, like just like the little little tidbits that they uh, throw in there about uh, when Joel and Sarah are eating breakfast. They've got the radio on and um, it, on the radio, they're talking about like, hey, shit's going down in Jakarta. And Joel's like, where, where's Jakarta? Is that Asia? And, and Tommy's like, I think it's like a country in Asia. And Sarah's like, no, it's, it's not. It's a city. It's the capital of Indonesia. And then they move on. It's just like, you know, whatever. I, I didn't think of anything of it that first episode. Second episode opens, Jakarta, Indonesia. And you find out what that's about. And, and what a great, what a great scene. To, what a great little you know, sequence there of, of her... Um, uh, of of the the professor, you know, giving her expertise on like what's going on with the fungus, and then just saying, "What well, what do we do?" Like the guy's like, "We you know we, we, you've studied this, like we need your opinion on like me, like how to treat this or how to prevent this. What do we do?" And then she just says, "Bomb, she's got to bomb it all." Oof, and like like just devastating. I thought, yeah, uh, I thought that that actress did such a good job through oh that whole gosh. scene. Um, from her, you know, being at the coffee shop to being like taken in the vehicle to like not knowing what's going on and like her realizing what was happening to yeah. that final little moment where she ended up saying just bomb. Like it was because so the good. conversation of her sitting there and, and asking about like, um, hey, like, like, wait, wait, wait. So like, where was this found? And then she, they're like, it's oozing a grain facility and all this stuff. Um, and, and she's like, like, OK, so there's one person who got bit and they bit three other people. And then he's like. And there's 14 people who are missing from the place. And then like, that's when she, it like really dawns on her about like what is about to happen. Um, and all the new stuff is like, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, like edge of my seat. You know, like, I can't relax when I'm watching this. Cause like, I don't know where this is going to go. And even with the, the old stuff that like, I do know how it all goes down. You know, I knew Tess was going to die, but the way that they do it and the way that they change things up a little bit, um, I, I think is, is really interesting. And, and I, I think like, it is all of the changes they've made, I think, are in service of the story that they're telling. And I think that that's awesome. Uh, and I'm just really impressed with, with all that. I would love to be in the writer's room for this. And if, if you were listening to The Last of Us podcast, which is one of the top podcasts in the country, by the way. I've um, not listened to it yet, by the way. I'm I, I, I really recommend too. it. It is yeah. more than just being like like blanket PR stuff. You really get into the minds of um, the creative directors about how they came about this stuff. But like I can just imagine like how fun it must have been to like sit in that writing room and not only talk about how to expand the story, but how to adapt it for television, how to make it more visual, how to make yeah. it like just be to, like any plot hole of the last of us to fix those plot holes or to fill in that story and like talk through that kind of stuff. And like, like those are the conversations I would love to be a part of. I love watching the show, but I keep picturing them talking about the show in this such a way, because you can tell obviously the, the Neil Druckmann's a fan of it, but well, I keep forgetting the other guy's name. Um, um, Craig Mazin, Craig Mazin. He's a fan of the game. And like when you have two fans of something talking about it and like thinking about how to make it better and improve it, like, whoo man, it is just so good. 
Um, I also love the uh, addition of the cordyceps and the the, uh, the 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 tendrils, right? Yeah, what do they call it? The fungi web or whatever. Uh, like, there's a name they they called yeah. it. Um, but I thought that was such a cool way to create horror and intensity. And there's so many cool things too that with you had the the scene when the, all the the um, infected were out on the ground, and then the the sun kind of goes and they'll by turn over, and yeah. they'll turn over for it because they're looking they're like like it is these like little things and how they're visualizing it and showing this and then that same horde is the horde that comes back at the end when Tesla like divert like is diverting them it is just like there's it's such, it's such a cool intense addition and I can't wait to see how they're going to keep doing that if you've seen all the PR you've seen that one thing about the the clicker that like is in the dark and there's fire behind it and like grump comes up and like I can't wait to yeah, find out why where, big, that, um, where that comes from I can't wait for that bloater as they're called is that was that one the bloater it looked like it in the trailer you're talking about in like the trailers that we saw yeah 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 it, it, looked, like it looked like it we're gonna but... see some we're gonna see some shit go down next week at a high school I bet dude I'm so excited and for I Nick know. Offerman as Bill and and like even the preview, casting. the preview, yes. I'm yes. so excited to see what they're going to do with that preview. Again, what we've known about in letters and dialogue, we're going to see happen. We're going to yeah, see that relationship Frank. build. We're going to see that. Ha- we're going to see how they met Joel and Tess. We're going to see all of that stuff. And I like like as a game fan, I think that's just going to be uh, like I'm just geeking out about it because it's going to be more of the story I love. I I. Truly cannot wait for more of this. Um, I, I, like, you know, I, I think they really sold it on the first episode. Um, and, and I think they're just continuing to make good on it. Um, I mean, Pedro Pesco is just so good. Bill Ramsey is just so good. And I'm forgetting the, the woman who plays Tess. I mean, they're all just they're all just so, so good. Um, and I, I, uh, to to critique Pedro Pascal a little bit, I think yeah. he is so much better when with his physical actions than he is with his like actual like interactions because mm. as of this point he seems so much more of like a a tool rather than a person mm. if that makes sense um like he just doesn't like to me as Joel I liked Joel so much more in the game through his dialogue and how he interact with people. I don't get like him through his dialogue, but I love the choices he makes. I love the scene when it's him and uh, Ellie and they're like looking at um, Tess and they're like, and it's that moment when he's like, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. He's thinking this. And then he has that moment when he just shuts it down, turns around. We're going. And like, like, and he just grabs her and goes just such a, like a little moment that had nothing to do with his dialogue, but like how it was done was like, like I thought perfect and better mm-hmm. than what happened in the game. And that moment was more emotional in the game. And like, even Ellie was like, she's like, well, no, what, what are you doing? And like, he just like does it and like becomes that like, like almost like Terminator type of guy uh, at that moment. Um, so I'm still hoping to like him more as a character mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get more of that. But um, yeah, the performances are great. It's great. It's good. It's good. show. Good show. It's really good. I I'm, I'm just like, it's. I'm looking forward to every Sunday now. You know what I mean? Just. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't uh, wait. There's one change I didn't like, and we talked about this a little bit before. Recording. Oh yeah, yeah. It involved the kiss. Yeah, well, that was a little weird. With uh, where t- the the clicker comes up and and shoves the like the stringy fungus into yeah. Tess's mouth with her with its mouth. 
unnecessary. I mean, just it, weird. It, it was weird. That, it was weird. It was it like that like dramatic moment. It just got it to like a weird like vibe. Like if they're gonna make them like do that, like I understand they know that Tess is like part of the she's hive infected. Nine. Yeah. She's infected. She's one of them. But like to make that like so tender, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. Like it's, it's weird. weird. I'll be interested to see like if that comes up again. Because like like if if them transferring the the stringy things through their mouths is like a thing that's going to be a part of the show. Because if it is, then I think it will make a little bit more sense. And that this is just like one moment that's like just weird and like out of context. Um, but if not, like what? Hey, what's up with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Interesting um, choice. But hey, yeah. They gosh, made it. I just I can't wait for more. I just can't wait for more. Um, and I am excited to talk about it next week. Again, we'll be we'll be doing this every single week. Um, so if you're if you're watching along we, we are interested to hear what your thoughts are on it and everything uh it seems like pretty much universally everyone is sort of head over heels over this um i was telling you last week that my mom is like interested in the show but uh like she can't do zombies oh, like she okay, like she okay. can't do it so i was thinking like what if i just what if i took it and just edited those scenes out and then because i think she'd like the like the rest of it you put like redacted the, over a clicker head. Edited those scenes completely out, and then just like put like little text like they go through a museum. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like like they fight some zombies in the museum. Um, I'm I'm gonna wait if 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 because she was like you know I'd watch it if you did that and I was like yeah I could do that pretty easily. I'm gonna wait until the end of the show is over to see if that would like even be possible because like basically every episode I've, I've watched i've sort of watched it with that in mind of like okay i could cut this out no problem um but like I'm, i'll be curious to see like if that all comes to a head in, in any way you know what i mean but yeah yeah it's to the point where it would be impossible for me to do but yeah so there you go that's our show for this week um we appreciate you listening as always remember you can join us on discord by hopping into the link that is in the description of this episode um jump in say hello there we would love to to have you uh you can also support us on twitter at hitbox pod or uh make sure to like or rate the episode that you this episode on the um the podcast player of your choice hop on over to patreon.com if you're feeling generous become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay knoll like dave parker get those extra bonus episodes today Today, we're talking about just this weird-ass Wikipedia list, which is just a list of video games considered art. What's on that? What (laughs) is art? What is is Wikipedia? What What is is video games? Oh, these are good questions, and we'll probably talk about most of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, like, it's such a weird... It's weird. I want to know. I'm so excited to talk to you, Justin, about it. And if you are interested in hearing that conversation... Patreon.com slash hitboxpod, $3 deluxe podcast producer. Uh, and we'll read your name in the episode, like Jay Noll and like Dave Parker. We'll do it. I, I fucking swear. I hope to fucking die. We'll do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm just being candid and just being honest. Um, if not, all good. Uh, y- you know where to find us. You, it, I, j- I just read it all off. My address is 911. Same as your phone number. (laughs) Uh, Hey, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye.